right, praise God. How you all doing with the 21-day fast? Excellent. I can sense just the energy and the presence just in the atmosphere, just every day. You can tell spiritually the level of engagement of your congregation. You know, we've had over 1,600 people fill out commitment cards. Let's give God glory for that. That's really good. Prayer has been consistent and strong. Uh, you know, today's devotion was life with Christ. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out who wrote that one. I know my wife wrote that one if you've already read it. Uh, just a great blessing from Colossians chapter 3, verses 1 and 2. Uh, just really talking about our life with Christ. And I mean, you know, if you stay with Christ, you'll always get to your des destination. Stay connected to Him. And so, uh, for me, you know, I've committed, I, I challenge myself every year to try to go a little further. And this year, uh, for me, I'm not saying this for any public anything. It's just I want to encourage someone that may want to join me for this last week. And so I've been just doing liquids from 6 a.m. To, to 6 p.m. And the side benefit of that is I do a cleanse at the same time uh, where I'm cleansing my, cleansing my colon, my kidney, and my liver. And so, you know, a byproduct of that is I've lost 11 pounds. I, I thank God for 11 pounds. 11 pounds of belly fat, too, all belly fat. And so, how many of y'all, let's curse belly fat right now. We curse, we curse every level of belly fat right now. Take authority over it. Move, drop, dissipate. Get out of us in Jesus' name, right? And so, it's a side benefit from it. And so, it's been no meat, no sweets uh, for me. No meats, no sweets, and what's the third one? No meats, no sweets, and no, no, no meat, no sweets, and bread. No meats, no sweet, and bread. And so uh, my goal, and this is why I'm sharing it with you, because I really want to come out of this and leave the bread out of my diet. I love bread, but bread does not love me. The moment I eat it, it just sticks somewhere right on my body. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? And so that's the goal, or worst-case scenario, at least down to one day a week if I, if I do something like that. And so no one got excited about that. No one said, praise God. They said, that's what God told you to do, Pastor. God ain't told me to do anything like that. Say, so you go ahead, Pastor. You go ahead on. Do what God told you to do, right? All right, let's pick up. We started on last week. It's just a message that God gave me during the fast entitled, Call Me. I actually woke up. The Spirit of God woke me up at 3.30 this morning and actually showed me both services today and what he wanted to do in those. And so my job is just to keep the train moving right on down the track and open up a window for God to be God in your life. All he asked me to do today was get out of the way and let him be God. And so let's read our foundation text in Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 through 3. Uh, again, the title of the message is Call Me. If you're watching online or in the service, Version Bible app is the best way to follow along. Go to the events section, click on Linked Up Church, and you'll see the outline right there. I'm just going to read the foundation text and then get to where we need to go today for time's sake. And I want to welcome our online audience. Can you all just turn around and just wave to them? You all wave back to the screen, whatever you're watching today. Let's wave to our online audience. Uh, glad to have them today. You all don't realize it, but there are usually thousands of people watching online uh, at some capacity while this service is going on. So we're really reaching more people than physically what you see uh, in the building. 
And, of course, we give God all the glory for that. Jeremiah chapter 33, verses 1 and 3 says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah a second time, while he was still shut up in the court of the prison, saying, Thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Now, you'll see the word Lord there three times. The word Lord there is a Hebrew word, Yehovah or Jehovah, Yehovah. And he's reminding Jeremiah that he existed before any of this that he created did. He's reminding Jeremiah that even though you're locked up in prison, I'm the one that created everything that you see. I formed it and I established it. So he has to remind Jeremiah for what he's getting ready to ask him, I am the creative one who has all the ability to do for you what I'm asking you to come to me about. And so he says here, thus says the Lord who made it, the Lord who formed it and established it, the Lord is his name. Then look what he specifically says to Jeremiah. He says, call to me. Now, human nature, once again, how I many know when we get in trouble, a lot of times God is our last call? Right? And God needs to be our first call, right? We have a tendency to trust our parents, our siblings, our co-workers, the people that are close to us, uh, the people that helped us before. There's a natural tendency to go back to whatever worked for me before, right? But God is saying, call me specifically. I mean, you know, God is not telling you to call him if he's not already thinking about doing something for you. Right? He's definitely not telling you to call him if he doesn't know he has the ability to answer anything that you may call him about. So he says, call me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. Now, I want to remind you, Jeremiah is in prison. Prison can represent a lot of different things, a place of confinement, a place that I don't know how to get out of. Maybe I lost everything as a result of being in there. And it's interesting that while Jeremiah is in prison, God is telling him to call me so I can show you great and mighty things. Most people aren't thinking about great and mighty things in prison. Most people aren't thinking about great and mighty things when they're confined. Most people aren't thinking about great and mighty things when potentially they've lost everything. You might not be thinking about that, but God is. And all he's saying is, if you'll call me, I'll get you out of it, and I'll get you out of it in a great and mighty way. All right? And so last week we talked about, we looked at his position. His position was simply to call him. Call him. Make that your first line of defense. His promise is, I will answer you. And let's move on to point number three today. I, his position or his, his um, and point number three, this should go up on the screen. His promise, I will answer you, is number two. His persuasion is, I will show you. How I many know oh, God is not withholding anything from you? I want to put a faith statement out there. Do you believe that whatever situation you're in right now, God can get you out of it? Yeah. I mean, do you really believe that? Do you believe with God on your side, it can be different 24 hours from now? I got two people that really believe that. It could be different before you leave the building today. Really, it's according to your faith, be it unto you. So he says his persuasion is, I will show you. So what is it that God will show us? How shall he persuade us? See, the demonstration of God's power unleashed through our prayer 
effort is supported around three categories of things that he just described. Great things, mighty things, and things we do not know, which I move that one over to next week so I can give it the appropriate amount of time. I want to throw something out here very quickly. If you knew how to get out of the situation that you're in right now, you would already be out of it. Right? If you knew how to get debt free, right? If you knew how to fix your marriage or whatever it is that you're going through, if you, need, if you knew how to get the finances that you need, whatever it is, don't you think you would already have it done? So the fact that you don't have it done means that there's something you don't know about it. Would you agree with that? And that's the thing that God wants to show you. But I mean, you know, he can't show you that in minutes. See, that's not a God bless me prayer. That's staying before God until you get the answer. We'll talk about that next week. Now, let's look at the first one. Three categories of things that give up, it gives God the power to persuade us. Letter A, great things. Great things. Great by definition means great in any sense, exceedingly, nothing is beyond the ability of God. How many of y'all believe that? Nothing is beyond God's ability. A person could be given four months to live, and that means nothing to God. Right? person could have just gotten fired from a job, and that means nothing to God. God can have five more lined up within 24 hours that pay more than the one that you lost. Right? It just depends on how we see him and how we respond to it, right? If we see him as a person that can do great things, then we'll call him to do great things. So we're talking about great in any sense, exceedingly. Nothing is beyond the ability of God. And so how many know nothing works with God without faith? And it's impossible to please God without faith. And he that calls God or comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a what? rewarder of those that what? Diligently seek him. Now, faith is the substance of things what? Hope for. It is the stuff that's required to get our stuff. It is the evidence of things that we cannot see. It is the proof of the things that we cannot see, our faith. Faith is not in things. Faith is in a person. So what we're talking about is your ability to put all your confidence in God's ability to do something mighty for you, right? And you've got to be willing to put yourself and get yourself out of the way so that he can do exactly what he desires to do for you. I'm going to give you an opportunity to do that today. Go with me to Hebrews chapter 11, and let's look at the Faith Hall of Fame here for a moment. I mean, as it is in the natural with any Hall of Fame, I mean, these are just the ones that are recorded. People are going into the Hall of Fame every year, and you're next. Come on, I'm talking about God wants to do something so mighty for you, it puts you in the Hall of Fame. Come on, let's read some of these. Now, how many of y'all were here Friday night for Bill Winston? Man, di listen, dynamic. If you missed it, you just missed that dynamic, right? But this is what I want to say to you, right? A lot of times people will leave a service like that, and it was wonderful. There's no correction in anything that I'm saying. But a lot of times people will leave a service like that and literally believe this right here, that they can just say something 
and something is going to come to them just by only saying something. So in other words, he used an example of Jesus calling a, a donkey to come to him. And a lot of times what a church person will do is they'll just say to the car or the house or whatever, come to me or money come to me. How I many you know there's still something required that you must do? And we literally get paralyzed, right? We hear, see, he gets one time. He doesn't get a chance to fill all of that in. That's a pastor's job. So he gets one shot at you, right? And he builds our faith up. But if you think there's nothing that you have to do to make that happen, you're sadly mistaken. Faith is an action word. Right? If I'm believing God for the money to come in, I've got to create an avenue for him to get the money to me. Right? If you think you're going to live off Holy Ghost handshakes and, and somebody walking by you blessing you with money, that's not a career. And over the years, what I've literally seen people do is go down to car dealerships, put their hand on a car, and call that car in. How I many you know if you don't have the income? You, come on, somebody. Right? All of this stuff has to line up. Let me show you what I'm talking about in this Faith Hall of Fame. All of these people got here because they believed something, they trusted something, they did something. They didn't just say something and then wait on God. So by faith, Moses, this is his parents, when he was born in verse 23, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. By faith, Moses, when he became of age, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin, esteeming the reproach of Christ's greater riches than the treasures in Egypt, for he looked to the reward. By faith, he forsook Egypt and fearing not the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith, he kept the Passover and the sprinkling of blood, lest he who destroyed the firstborn should touch them. By faith, they passed through the, the Red Sea as by dry land, whereas the Egyptians attempting to do so were drowned. You'll notice all of these individuals had to do something. I mean, no, they could have got to the edge of the water of the, the, dry, the Red Sea and said, God, carry me over. I mean, now it takes faith to see a wall of water on each side and you still go through it. And the same uh, path that you walked through destroyed the people behind you. All I'm telling you is, folks, every time you hear a word, you must act on that word. It's not going to happen automatically. All right, let's keep reading here. All of these individuals are in here because they did something. Look at verse 29. By faith, they passed through the Red Sea as by dry land. Verse 30. By faith, the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Verse 32. And what more shall I say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak and Samson and Japheth, also of David and Samuel and of Johnny and Diane and Lisa and Larry. I don't have enough time to tell you about Bernard and, and Emmanuel. And, come on, somebody. I don't have enough time to tell. Folks, how I many you know God did not stop doing mighty things with these individuals? 
God still wants to show people in the earth how great and how mighty he is. So the time, we don't have enough time to talk about all the things that have, who through faith, they subdued kingdoms, they worked righteousness, they obtained promises, they stopped the mouths of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, they escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness they were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned the flight of the armies of the aliens, women received their dead to life again. Folks, if he can raise someone from the dead, he can heal cancer. Come on, if he can raise someone from the dead, he can get you out of debt like that. Come on, if he can raise someone from the dead, he can get you a job that will blow your mind. Right? It's not deep, folks. God wants to do this for you. How many of y'all believe he wants to do it for you? Watch this. Now, go with me to Ephesians chapter 3. I'm going to read it out of three different translations, the message, then the Passion Translation, and then the Amplify, and then get the King James ready for me as well. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, Message Bible says this. It says, God can do anything. We can just go home right there. God can do anything. I don't care what you're facing right now, God can do it. Matter of fact, I've got better news for you. He's already done it. He's just waiting on you. So God can do anything. You know far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. And I don't know about you all, I have some big dreams. And what God is saying is he can go way beyond that. Folks, I not only want the 33 acres and the strip mall, I want to own more property in the city of Powder Springs than any other organization. Come on, I I just need five people to encourage my faith in that area. And guess what? We don't want it for us. We want it to be a blessing to the thousands of people that God wants to send us. I want to fix the homeless situation in Powder Springs. I want to fix the housing problems in Powder Springs. I want to fix all issues in Powder Springs, and I want the church to be the leaders of it. Come on, I want to build a school, folks, where we can raise godly children that love God. Come on, somebody, can be educated in a godly way, and we don't have to charge an arm and a leg for people to send their kids there because we own the land, we own the building. Come on, we built it debt-free. We can pay our teachers top dollar. Come on, somebody dream with me today. He's able to go beyond our wildest dreams if we'll just let him. He does it not by pushing us around, but by working within us. His spirit deeply and gently within us, glory to God in the church. Put up the Passion Translation. Look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, the Passion Translation. It says, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you. And to accomplish all this, he will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. 
Amplified Bible says, now to him who is able to carry out his purpose and do super abundantly more than all we dare ask or think, infinitely beyond our greatest prayers, hopes, or dreams, according to his power that is at work within us. Now, I want to show you something here. You don't have to put the King James Version up there. This word, leave the Amplified up. You'll notice it said, according to his power. That word power there is a Greek word, dunamis. And it literally means miraculous ability. I want to challenge you today. Everything you've achieved in life is, and in most cases, is according to your ability. Amen. Let's give God's ability a chance to take us beyond what we can do. How many of y'all know I don't have the ability to do this? But he does. Right? I can guarantee you, folks, I don't have the ability to do this. I've never done it before in my life. I've never built a commercial building in my life. It's first time. First time. I, I'm telling you, I didn't do good. God did good. Right? When I got out of the way and trusted his ability, he did far greater than what I even dreamed about. Listen to me, folks. I still come in here 10 weeks later and I walk around and I'm in awe of what God did. It literally blows my mind. I literally, my, my admin will tell you, I put my keys down and I just go walk around the building and I'm in awe of what God has done. Actually, this is way better than I even dreamed of it being. You want to know the honest truth? I would have been happy if we could have just bought a, a church that already existed five years later, renovated that church like most people do, right? But God was thinking way beyond that. He said, no, I've got something for you that's never been done. At least you've never seen it done before. I've got something for you that's beyond your wildest dreams, and it's within your price range. I'll never forget how all of this went down. I got to call, and I'm going to tell you, God will start revealing it to other people. I call our business manager and I say, go look at this property. Tell me what you think about it. He's sitting right there. The moment he called me, these are the first words that came out of his mouth. He said, pastor, that's our property. Amen. Guess what, folks? It's our property. So we're talking about his miraculous ability, but watch this now. Put that verse back up there, Amplify. According to the power that's at work within us. Put the King James Version up there, King James Version. King James Version of that same verse, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we actually think. Watch this. According to the power, the King James Version uses this word, worketh. According to the power that worketh, in us. That word worketh there is a Greek word energeo. And it's really talking about the power, his ability that's active on the inside of us. How I many know it's only active when it's required to do something? Which means you've got to get beyond yourself and believe God for something that you can't do for yourself for his ability to become active. Go with me to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Let's read verse 22. 
I just want to kind of show you how these things work because this is where most people get tripped up, this story I'm getting ready to share with you right now. Luke chapter 8, verse 22 says, Now it happened on a certain day, New King James Version, that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side of the lake. Isn't that a word from the Lord? got into the boat with his disciples, and he said, let us cross over to the other side. So don't you think if God himself said, let us cross over to the other side, we are going to get there? Right? If God is in the boat with me, in the person of Jesus, and he said, let us cross over to the other side, we are going to get there. What you've got to understand is you'll never get there without a fight. Satan's not just getting ready to let the business flourish. Come on, somebody. Come on, a lot of times you, you met the right person, but how many know there's going to be conflict within that re- re- relationship? And a lot of times the moment the conflict arises, they must not be the right one. When you don't really realize the conflict arose so that the two of you could actually grow closer together. All it does is gives you an opportunity to understand each other better. And if you can't work through conflict, you can't be in a relationship. Did you hear what I just said? Most people think relationships are conflict-free. Quite the contrary. It's conflict 24 hours a day, seven days a week, because I'm a male and she's a female. We see nothing the same way. Come on, will any married couples help me in here? Can I get five married couples to just help me? So then at some point, we've got to come together and we've got to use a word called compromise. So now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. See, they acted on that word inner gale. Now they're, they're trusting in his ability to get them over to the other side. Their faith is active now because they launched out on the word that he gave them, right? Now, how many of y'all have ever noticed over the course of your life, every time you launch out, something happens? Am I the only one that's, ha- that's ever happened to? Almost every time on anything I'm believing God for, when I launch out, something right alongside of it says opposite. Okay, so they launched out, inner gale is active now, their faith is active, but as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm, or a hurricane is what we would call it, came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, Master, Master, we are dying. Now, what was his word unto them? What was his word unto them? Let us go over to the other side. Soon as a little adversity came, what did they say? We are dying. Come on, I'm just talking about human beings. Come on, come on, somebody help me out this morning. What was his word unto them? Soon as a little adversity came, what was their word? We are dying. Does that sound like us? I said, does that sound like us? One more time, what was his word? What was our word? All right. 
I want you to start a business. You launch out and start the business. You get no customers. What's our response? He didn't call me to start this business. Hello? Am I in the right place today? All right, let's keep reading here, right? So, so he told them, look at their response. Then he arose and rebuked the wind. You know what rebuke means? He disallowed it. You have more authority than what you realize. You can literally tell whatever is stopping the business from coming in. You can take authority over every demon that's on assignment to stop your business from prospering. Come on, somebody. And you can literally call customers in from the north, south, east, and the west. Folks, what you all don't realize, before you ever sat in this building, we were praying over all of these seats from the front all the way to the balcony and calling this place full every time the doors open when no one was in the building. Master, master, we're perishing. We're dying. Then he arose and rebuked it. He disallowed it. And the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And then he said to them, where is your faith? What I want you to see here is where is your trust? Where is your credence? Where is your absolute confidence in my ability to do what I said I could do? It's all he's asking them. Where is it at? So he wouldn't ask that question if he didn't expect them to have it. Right? Now, what you, I mean, a lot of people want, you, imagine, you can't imagine the level of calls that I get. A lot of people want this, but they don't want everything that comes along with this. Back in December, January, February, what you all don't know is I was getting ready to abandon this whole effort. It was that December, January, February of last year, top of, the, of 2018. I'm getting ready to abandon the whole effort. He brought me some information, and I said, you know what? Forget this. And then some activity happened within, within the, the staff. And when the level of activity was happening, I actually saw it as a sign. I said, you know what? This is happening to distract me from getting there. And you've got to learn how to see the enemy is going to put the most activity around what it is right when you're getting ready to get your breakthrough. Come on, I wish I had somebody in here to help me this morning. And I'm literally getting ready to tell him, cancel the whole thing. We had just gotten the worst news we could ever get. Somebody has strung us along for how long? Probably about six months. Six months they strung us along. And at the last minute, stabbed us. And listen, it's, it's, it's actually at the place where either we do or we don't. And then some activity happened around me. And it was actually the activity that encouraged me. I said, Satan is literally trying to stop me and distract me, get me off. The moment I shifted and said, okay, God, I'm going to trust you, we ended up getting a better deal less than 24 hours later. Is that accurate? Come on, somebody ought to. 
Come on, somebody ought to put all their stock in God's ability to do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Let's look at mighty things. The second category. He said great things and he said mighty things. And these are the only two I'm going to look at today and then we're going to open up a window to let God be God in here. I declare that somebody right now is facing something right now. You're right at the wall. Somebody in this building right now, you're right at the wall and you're getting ready to give up. Don't give up. Just put all of your stock in God. And let his ability do in this situation what you can't do. You brought it as far as you can. Now let God be God. Yes. And I yes. declare that you have your breakthrough now. Yes. 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 Come on, somebody better receive that in this place. Come on, I said somebody better receive that in this place. And what was interesting, we couldn't tell anybody. Because I've learned now, everyone can't handle that. And I've even learned everybody doesn't believe in it the way you believe in it. So you got to learn who to talk to and who not to talk to. Come on, I'm preaching better than anybody saying amen in here. All right, let's look at mighty things. Mighty means nothing is beyond the access of God. Nothing is beyond the access of God. Mighty by definition means hidden. It means fortified or fenced in things. Not accessible to us, but very accessible to God. So, so the, the image here is nothing is beyond the access of God, right? So it's hidden, it's fortified, it's fenced in to us, but not to God. And I'm reminded of when Moses sent out the 12 spies. I mean, no, everyone don't see every situation the same way. And so 10 spies, they come back with a horrible report. Two spies come back with a positive report. Let's read that story in Numbers chapter 13. Let's begin reading at verse 27, one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It says, then they told him and said, we want to land where we went to the land where you sent us, talking to Moses. And truly, these are the 10 spies that are bringing back a negative report. And truly, it flows with milk and honey. Now, God already told them he was going to give them a what? A land that does what? Flows with what? They have gone to see a land and it what? But how many know, again, you're not going to get it without something that you need to do. Right? All right, watch this. Let's keep reading. Nevertheless, see right there, let's just cancel out everything that they said prior to that. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. Then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, that's what I love about Caleb. Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Come on, I need, that's the kind of people, that's the kind of people you need around you all the time. If I say 33 acres, come on, pastor, let's go get it. We are well able to take it and to overcome it. 
we're well able to possess it, right? Every person needs that around. But the men who had gone up with him said, we be not able, King James Version says, to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. See, that's trusting in their ability. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that devours its inhabitants. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. Then we saw the giants and the descendants of Anak came with the, from the giants, which were their children. Watch this. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, so we were in their sight. Do you realize your enemy will always see you the way you see yourself? Now, what did God tell him? He's going to give him a land that flows with what? Milk and honey. Moses gets them already there. Go spy out the land. They get there. What is the land flowing with? But it's got giants in it. You got to understand, folks, the bigger the possession, the greater the challenges. See, we want big stuff without big battles. Right? We want it easy. No work required. No fight. No battle. Hmm? I've been hanging on to this dream, folks, for 25 years and quit over a thousand times in 25 years. Anybody in here know what I'm talking about? Actually, it's almost like just, just demonic onslaught all the time. That's why pastor needs people to praise for him. All the time. You don't need to do this. You don't have to live that way. All the time. Even in my marriage. You've done good for 21 years. It's time to do you. Forget all of them. Go on and live your life. Anybody married in here know what I'm talking about. It don't have nothing to do with a bad or good marriage. It's called we all have an enemy. And if you don't know how to cast down these strongholds, there are times I'm, I'm thinking forget her and the kids. <laughs> See, I'm the only one willing to be honest in here. Come on, anybody else in here willing to be honest? And listen, I have a great marriage, a great wife. Love my kids. They're just feelings. You're in your feelings. Come on, man. Don't sit there like that, man. Come on. Will, will anybody be honest with me in here? They're like, you know what? You know what? You know what? You must have forgot. Right. Then can we just be honest? Sometimes it's just flesh. Right? Just flesh. Sometimes my flesh is like, I want to just see if I still got it. <laughs> Y'all are scared in here. Everybody in here is scared. And that's not a male thing. How I many of females go through the exact same thing? Come on, any ladies in here willing to be honest? It's just, it's flesh, folks. It's just called flesh. And if you don't know how to bring this in, and don't hear any of that the wrong way. I'm not going anywhere. 
I love my wife. Come on, we're going to be married for the rest of our lives. We're going to die in old age. Come on, somebody. Just not, this is just stuff that happens. I'm just trying to tell you, you're not going to get there without a fight. You're not going to, you want to live, you want to be married your whole life? There are giants in that marriage. There's all kind of stuff that will attack that. Right? That's how you know you're in a good one because stuff is coming against it. And you got to learn how to pay attention to all of that. That means we got something special. Let's look at now Joshua chapter 14. Joshua chapter 14. Now let's look 45 years later, and I want to encourage anybody over the age of 75 right now. Your life is really just beginning. You should be retired, have a pension coming in. Come on, somebody learned a little something. Still young enough to do everything that you learn with all the wisdom that comes along with it. I see one, I see one hand going up back there. Look at Joshua here. Now, 45 years later, look at this story here. Caleb hung on to that word for 45 years. The rest of them died in the wilderness, but Joshua and Caleb hung on to that word. Joshua 14, 6 says, Then the children of Judah came to Joshua in Gilgal, Gilgal and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenzanite, said to him, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God. In other words, I put all my stock in what God said. Put all my trust, confidence, credence in God. So Moses swore on that day saying, surely the land where your feet has trodden shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly or fully followed the Lord my God. And now he held on to that word. And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, as he said, these 40 and 5 years. So he's 85 years old now. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, and yet I am as strong this day as I was on the day that Moses sent me. Just as my strength was then at 40, so now is my strength for war, both to go out and to come in. Do you understand what he's saying? He's literally saying, I'm just as strong at 85 as I was at 40. I am strong enough for war. I can go in the battle. I can come out of the battle. Come on, folks. God is not changed. If somebody was strong back then at 85 as they were at 40, somebody can be strong right now at 85 as they were at 40. Is that anybody in this building that want to believe God for that? And then I want, to, I want to show you somebody that's really hanging on to the Word of God. Notice what he goes on to say after that. He says, now therefore, give me my mountain. 
folks, you got to have that. If it takes 45 years, if it takes four years, if it takes four years, the attitude has to be the same. If God told me that settles it, I'm going to hang on to that until I actually have it in my life. And you don't quit until you walk in the fullness of the manifestation of everything that God said. God will keep you strong. He'll keep you alive. He'll keep your mind sharp. He'll keep everything flowing in your life. He'll keep everything working because the Word has enough active energy and it's alive. It'll be on the inside of you and it'll keep you until you get to your promised land. He says, therefore, give me my mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. For you heard in that day how Anakin was there and that the cities were great and fortified. But look at what he said. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. And if you read the rest of that, folks, he went up that mountain and kicked those giants butt, a 24-hour butt kicking, kicked them up one side of the mountain, down the other side of the mountain. Come on, somebody. Kicked everything that didn't belong to, to God off of the mountain, called all his family and children up on the mountain and said, look at the mountain that the Lord has blessed us with. Notice he didn't get the mountain, though, without having to kick the giants off of it. One more, Acts chapter 16, music department. Acts chapter 16, one more. Anybody going to stay in it long enough until you get your mountain? I don't know what your mountain is, but all God is saying is, call me. I want to do some great and mighty things for you. Look at Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, verse 25 and 26. They're in a fortified situation, a situation that is beyond their control, but it is not beyond God's control. Most people don't think about praying when they are in a tight situation. Paul and Silas at midnight. Midnight can represent when you've been given a bad doctor's report. Midnight can represent when you've uh, been told that you have cancer. Midnight can be when you've lost your job. I mean, we all are faced with midnight situations over the course of our lives. If you've never been face with one, just keep living a little while and you will see exactly what I'm talking about. All of us have a midnight moment. Paul and Silas did the right thing. They were what? Praying and doing what? Singing. Kind of sounds like what Minister Russell was talking about earlier. I mean, no, that's not a natural strategy in most cases to get somebody out of jail. But they're praying and they're singing and watch this. And the prisoners were listening to them. Folks, there are times when you've got to pray loud enough and sing loud enough that all of your enemies and retractors hear you. I'm talking about there are times when you've got to raise your level to the level of the situation that you're in. And so all of the prisoners were listening to them, and just like God, suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken Immediately, all the doors were open. Watch this. And everyone's chains were loosed. A lot of times what you don't understand is God needs you to get free so that you can free up everybody else around you. Come on. See, me getting here, folks, is getting ready to help thousands of people. I'm talking a lot of people are going to eat and have homes and senior citizens are going to have a place to stay. Kids are going to have a school to go to because when, when one gets free, his job is to free and loose up everybody else. Now, 
I like to define suddenly this way. One day things were one way. Bam! I declare this week a bam is coming to somebody's house. Come on, somebody, don't let that pass over. I even declared that I'm in that line. I, I said I declared this week somebody in this room will not get out of here because of your prayer life, your worship life, your praise life, your desire to trust God and put all of your stock in God, you won't get out of this week without seeing a bam. Suddenly, things were one way, and now it's completely another way. Come on, somebody ought to give God glory for that right now. I'm talking about I'm calling the tuition in. I'm calling the kids back home. I'm calling a, a suddenly to come into your life. Listen to this right now. And I've got to open up this window, right? Listen to this very carefully, right? Listen to I'm talking to you by the Spirit of God. There was a lady who told me yesterday, I prayed for her at the beginning of the fast. She, I can't even begin to describe all the stuff she said has happened to her since then. But it was blowing her mind, was it not? So much so she was in tears. She couldn't even get all the words out, all of the stuff that God had done for her. And then she said I had to correct her language. And she said, you know what, Pastor? I'm dying to serve in this church. I said, no, you're not dying. You're living to serve in this church. She's new. I had to help with her language. Listen very carefully, and I'm going to give you a few moments here to act on this. What we're talking about here, this speaks of things beyond our reach and apart from, the, apart from the provision of God. So in other words, we're at the end of ourselves. So if God does not get involved, it cannot get done. Anybody in a situation like that right now? Listen very carefully. Prayer may involve human speaking, but more importantly, it assures us of what God is promising, which is mighty things. Everything out of reach within is within reach when we call upon God. Amen. He delights in doing mighty things for his children. Yes, and may we never forget the words of our Lord Jesus Christ. With men, it might be impossible. But with God, all things are possible. So if you're in a situation right now where you're at the end of yourself and there's no way that it can get done apart from God's provision... I want you to stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. Right? Everybody else sit down if it doesn't apply to you. Okay? Now, I want you to act on the word of God, and I want you to call upon God. Remember, he promised you he would answer you, and he's going to show you great and mighty things. Lift both hands to the Father right now. Only thing God asked me to do was get out of the way and let you have your moment with him. Go ahead and call on him right now. It's between you and him. No man can get the glory for this. I'm not laying hands on anyone. I'm not calling anyone out. He asked me to get out of the way and have you call directly to him. Go ahead. Do it right now. Call to the Father in the name of Jesus. Some of you all may be getting the answer right now. Remember, he promised you, I will answer you, and I'm going to show you great and mighty things. Begin to write down what he's showing you. Capture it. Okay? All right? 
You may need to continue praying until you, next week we're going to talk about he'll show you the things that you don't know. We're going to talk about how to get to that on next week. All right, now I want you to do me one more favor. If you believe that you have the answer by faith that you need, if you believe he's shown you the great and mighty things that are coming, I want you to just release thanksgiving in this place right now. Come on, come on, release it. Release Thanksgiving in this place. Come on, be loud enough so everybody can hear you. Come on, open up your mouth. Project. Give God the glory that is due unto his name. Come on, God is great. Come on, he can do mighty things. Come on, when we've reached the end of ourselves, that's when God gets involved. Come on, let him do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Come on, everybody stand on their feet right now. Come on, let's bust hell wide open. Come on, let's bust Satan's ears right now. Come on, somebody give God your best praise in this place. Come on, open up your mouth. Come on, rejoice. Give God glory and honor. You're good, God. You're great. And you are greatly to be praised. We love you. We honor you. We adore you. Come through, God. You have already come through. Come on. We thank you and glorify and magnify you. You are awesome in all of your ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want you to listen. Don't come to this church anymore. I actually want to know that God not only honors what I say, I want to see it. I promise you, and I'm speaking this by the Spirit of God, someone in this room, you will not get out of this week without seeing a bam in your life. I want you to call us, tell us about it, info at linkedupchurch.com, right? That's how much confidence I have in God, that he won't allow one word comes out of my mouth to fall to the ground if it's spoken in faith. Who is that person that God is speaking that to? Who is that person? Several people. Can be more than one. You won't get out of this week. The clock won't strike midnight by next Saturday. Bam. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can actually say that to you because when one door closed for us, 24 hours later, the best situation we could have ever asked for showed up, watch this, with no strings attached. The first one had all kind of strings attached to it, didn't it? All kind of strings. Less than 24 hours later, folks, no strings. Hallelujah. 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 I want you to know God loves you loves you so much he wants to do this for you I want everybody to look up here at me for a moment and I'm just out of time if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior don't put off to tomorrow what God is convicting you about today God loves you listen he'll even do for you what I just described today and you don't even know him he'll do it because that's how much he loves you he is forever married to you regardless of your actions especially the backslider right when he died he died while we were yet sinners that's how much god loves you 
But how much more can he do for you if you're in a relationship with him? So if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I want to pray with and for you. Second.